We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world, with all its power and might, steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. An official task force for the National Archives on Racism comes out and says that our nation's rotunda, the Capitol Rotunda, is an example of, wait for it, structural racism. And then they actually call for the placement of trigger warnings within it to help those who feel that their safe space may have been compromised. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Welcome to today's Rebellion. Today's topic is this story that uh, I don't think got a lot of attention. It's actually a couple weeks old now. It came out on June 27th, just before I went on vacation and took a break. And uh, you all had some of the back issues, what we called the best of the rebellion for a week or so while I was on vacation out at our cottage, our family camp, the church camp on Lake Ontario. That all aside, here's a story that I think is very important, maybe one of the most important in recent days, and it got a little attention, but I think it snuck under the radar for a lot of us. The headline that I'm reading right now comes from Fox News, and this is written by Keen Houston. National Archives Racism Task Force says our own rotunda at the Capitol, our nation's Capitol Rotunda is an example of structural racism and that the founding fathers were white supremacists. Before I even get into the story, if you don't think our enemies are watching us, you're crazy. You've got your head in the sand. You're an ostrich thinking that everything is okay. Your head is buried, but you're but is stuck up in the air and it's going to get shot. If you don't think that our enemies are watching us, you're nuts. They know that all they have to do right now is throw a little blood in the water with regard to racial conflict and that we will come apart at the seams, that we are not united any longer, that we are divided. They know that. This is a Marxist strategy. Conflict. The Marxist strategy is one of conflict. It's economic conflict, and now it's racial conflict. And the conflict needs to be resolved through revolution and the overthrow of the existing system so that a new one can be established. And if anybody wanted to attack the United States right now, they don't even need to fire a shot because all they have to do is stoke the fires of conflict. Our nation is divided right now. Black Lives Matter, critical race theory, critical theory in general, social justice warriors, red states versus blue states. Families are divided. States are divided. Communities are divided because we have no common glue to hold us together any longer. I've talked to you before about the 
word culture. Cult-ture. Now, in that context, that word does not mean cult, does not mean a false religion. What it means is the ideas, the ideology, the faith, if you will, the beliefs that hold culture together. You can't have culture without that cult, those binding ideas that we all agree on, the basic first things that we agree on. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness would be a good place to start. Our Constitution being good, not bad, not the product of white privilege being a good place to start. But here we have an official task force for our nation's national archives telling us that our rotunda is an example of structural racism. We've lost our minds. We've lost our minds and we've sold our souls. And if you have no mind and if you have no soul, you're not going to have any intestinal fortitude to defend your country, because why bother? You don't think that the country is even important. It's just an example of structural racism. If you don't understand your history, if you don't honor your history, if you don't believe in the lessons that have been taught to you by those that preceded you and gave you the country and the community and the Constitution and its antecedent declaration of independence. If you don't believe in those things, you won't defend those things. So on today's show, I want to talk about this story about the Rotunda and this rather frightening, I mean, it's interesting, but it's rather frightening report that even our own National Rotunda is being attacked right now being dismantled, deconstructed, torn down, ideologically? I don't know, maybe even physically. What's the solution? Tear the dumb thing down and erect a temple to Moloch so we can start sacrificing our children because that's a better cult, if you will, to bind us together than life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that we are endowed by our Creator with those unalienable rights, All that's just an example of white supremacy, white thinking, and structural racism. Let's take a break, acknowledge our sponsors, and when we get back, I'm going to run with this story. This story about our national rotunda being an example of structural racism and how we need to start placing trigger warnings in it so that when people visit, they won't feel psychological and physical distress. Incredible. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion, and I will be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. So the story is from June 27th. As I said, I saw it on Fox News. You may have picked it up elsewhere, and maybe this isn't new to you, but I don't think it got a lot of attention, and it's probably one of the most frightening stories. All this other nonsense going on really can be summarized in what's going on in this particular story. It's one of the most disturbing bits of news I think I stumbled across in recent weeks. And again, it's this National Archives Task Force on Racism, an official task force that was established by our National Archives. And the National Archives are responsible for preserving our history so that we can learn from it. And here's what this task force says. They come out in this little notice report that was issued in June, June 27th, as I understand it, where they argue that the Capitol Rotunda, 
And again, I remind you, it houses the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. The Capitol Rotunda houses those documents. If you visit the Capitol Rotunda, you will be able to see the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. The very cornerstones, cornerstones excuse me, the very cornerstones of our country, of the United States of America. And this National Archives Task Force comes out and says that the rotunda, with those documents therein, is an example of, and this is their language, structural racism. And what's their proposed solution? They actually have one. What's the proposed solution for America's sin for stating that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. What's the solution for the sin of saying this? Well, here it is. It's to reimagine the rotunda, quote unquote, and to post trigger warnings. I'm not kidding. They say this. Trigger warnings to forewarn audiences of content that may cause intense psychological and physiological symptoms, close quote. Who the heck on this task force says this? It's interesting. I don't see the names of the task force. Maybe they're trying to hide so they can't be questioned and challenged. Maybe they don't want to enter into a debate. But I'm going to tell you again what they said. And I'm going to say it a third, fourth time. The rotunda houses the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. And these people say that we need to reimagine the rotunda and post trigger warnings to forewarn audiences of content that may cause intense physiological and psychological symptoms. So I guess all I've got to say is There you have it, right there. If you need any more proof that America's nation-hating elites, but I guess I repeat myself, America's oligarchs, the self-righteous, the woke, if you needed any more proof that the Democratic Party, because I guarantee you that this task force is not made up of red-blooded, Republicans who believe in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, in the dignity of each individual citizen, and the dignity of our borders and our Constitution. And I use the word dignity. Our Constitution is dignified. The Bill of Rights is dignified. And we're tearing it down as if it's evil and needs to be reimagined. The rotunda is evil and needs to be reimagined. These people are nation-hating elites. They've completely lost their way and lost their mind and sold their soul. They have no idea as to the hell to which they are leading us. This is a perfect example. You know, in Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good, the book that I hope you've bought, And if you haven't, please consider doing so. It's my most recent book, as you know. 
It's the sequel to Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. The subtitle of both of those books is very important. The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth. What we're seeing right now before our very eyes are the consequences for abandoning truth with a capital T. If there is no such thing, we're going to tear down the very rotunda that binds the republic together. We're going to deconstruct and throw out the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence. We're going to besmirch the integrity of our founding fathers because, well, we don't like some of the things that they did. They weren't perfect human beings. And we're going to start embracing ideas that are antithetical to our, to our constitutional ideals. We're going to start thinking that Marxism might be a better solution to the ideas of a free people and a free republic, to the ideas that give us freedom. The devastating consequences of abandoning truth are right, right before your very eyes. When we don't recognize that life isn't supposed to be safe, but it's good, if we don't recognize the goodness as opposed to the second things of just being safe, if we don't recognize the goodness of what our rotunda represents, and we, we want to start posting trigger warnings so that people feel safe when they go into it, we're lost and our enemies are laughing. But back to what I said in my book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. There's a chapter in there about how we need an, a map to navigate life, that the only way you can get from point A to point B is with a map. You can't navigate the woods, if you will, if you're out hunting, if you don't have a compass, if you don't have a map, if you don't know where north, south, east, and west is. That map gives you an aerial view so you can see the forest and not just the trees before you. In other words, it's better to have a drone's eye view of what's going on rather than crawling on your knees in the mud. A map gives you the ability to go where you want to go. Here's a quote from the chapter of Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. Without a map, you have no perspective. Your vision is limited. As the old axiom goes, without a map, you can't see the forest for the trees. Without a map, you're always fixated on the immediate. And you have no understanding. You have no idea, no understanding of the bigger picture. Without a map, you will drive over the cliff rather than stop short and enjoy the view. You don't know what's before you, the dangers that are before you without a map. You're driving along enjoying the view, I guess, or maybe you're frustrated with something you just saw along the road and you're ignoring the fact that you're not looking at the big picture and you're going to drive over the cliff and get killed. You need a map. If you're driving along and you see the Grand Canyon and you like what you see or you don't like what you see, it doesn't matter. 
in some sense of the word. There may be beautiful things that you see as you're looking at the Grand Canyon, or you might have seen something that disturbed you and made you fearful and afraid. I don't know, but the point is get a map so that you know where you're going and you don't just keep driving aimlessly. The mapless fragmentation of the way our political class sees things right now. It's, this is so prevalent in our current discourse, our political debate. It's a mapless fragmentation of the political class and how they see everything. It seems like with each new crisis, our loss of perspective becomes more and more evident The political class, our elites, the oligarchs, the woke, and the righteous, they seem to see no further than the end of their nose. Segregation and victimization and balkanization. It's as if e pluribus unum has been flipped on its head, and we now proudly shout in the national rotunda, e unum pluribus. As we divide. The one into the many. That's what we're doing. The story about the rotunda is e unum pluribus, not e pluribus unum. We're not saying out of many one. We're saying out of one, we're going to divide and celebrate the many. Again, we're ignoring the very cornerstones of our culture. Not only have we discarded common sense and common purpose and common cause, but we don't have any modicum of rationality and logic and civil discourse anymore. I mean, listen carefully, and in any of the present political debates, you'll hear a litany of disjointed and contradictory ideas made by the very same person, the very same party, and the very same pundits. One politician says that he stands for children and government funding of infant care? Well, at the same time, he'll suggest that the government should be paying for the killing of these infants just seconds before they exit the birth canal and officially become children. What happened to being interested in those children and funding infant care when you're going to turn around and kill them just because you find them inconvenient? you got another politician that pledges allegiance to a one nation under God and then acts as if she is God. Put a face on that scenario. Pelosi, Kamala Harris. You've got everybody giving, pledging an oath of office where they swear to defend and protect the Constitution of the United States. They say this, and then they deny that the United States has the right to establish and defend its Constitution and its borders. And they don't even seem to care that a task force just labeled that very constitution something that is exemplary of structural racism and that it needs to be reimagined. My point is this, without a map, our perspective is limited. Our vision is truncated. We don't know where we're going, and we're crawling on the ground when we could be using a drone, like I just said. Without a map, you can never make sense of the political landscape, nor any other landscape for that matter. Without a map, we will make rash decisions and rush ahead, never considering 
how our ideas and the consequent actions and interconnected decisions that we make are all bound and tied to history and reason, experience, and revelation. We won't see any of that without a map. You won't have any glue to hold reason and experience and history and those revelational commitments that you have in your heart, mind, and soul, those self-evident truths, self-evident truths. That's an example of revelation. I would say scripture is too. It gives you the glue to hold together those self-evident truths. As the Apostle Paul tells us, the truth of God is written on every human heart. Without a map, we will always act like islands unto ourselves. Without a map, we will never be a community of interconnected people. You won't be a community with common bond if you don't have a map to hold you together. If you discard and disparage and disregard the map, you will never see the big picture You'll only see one tree at a time. You'll never see the whole forest. You know, one of the most remarkable aspects of our nation's map, our Constitution, its Bill of Rights, and like I said, the antecedent, the preceding foundational Declaration of Independence, one of the most remarkable aspects of all of this is how forward-thinking the authors of this stuff were. Our founding fathers, they anticipated not only the issues of their day, but they also had a certain set of ideas that they knew would impact the future of the country. They understood the big ideas. They understood Locke and Montesquieu. They read Hume and Voltaire. They discussed Plato and Cicero and Socrates. They knew their Bibles like the back of their hands. They knew what Moses said, as well as Jesus. They could see backwards, as well as ahead. They knew where they had been and where they were going. They saw the promise of a republic and the dangers of Robespierre. They understood the freedom of a covenant and the bondage of hierarchy. I've talked to you about that before. Covenantal government versus hierarchical government. The big ideas. Forget the person. The person can be a jerk. The person can be orange man bad. But if he's protecting the covenant more so than the other man or woman that you can vote for, because the other one represents hierarchical ideas, but one man represents more fidelity to the covenant and the freedom that the covenant will give rather than the bondage of the hierarchy. Vote for the covenant. Never vote for the hierarchy. Our founding fathers understood this. They saw the risks in the rule of the gang and they believed in a big God rather than big brother. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, Benjamin Franklin, these rich white men, my land, who cares how much, what, they, they, put, they, were, they gave it all away, so what they were rich, and who cares about the color of their skin, 
The point is this. These men had perspective. They understood all this that I just described. Montesquieu, Hume, Voltaire, Plato, Cicero, Socrates, the Bible, Moses, and Jesus. They understood these big ideas, and that's what gave them a respect for covenantal versus hierarchical government. They had perspective. They saw not only the forest for the trees, but also the paths and the roadways that history and providence had carved out on their behalf. They had a map, and they used it. And who in their right mind could possibly argue that we aren't better off today because of it? Maybe. You know what? Maybe. Just maybe our friends at the National Archives should pump the brakes just a bit before they shred the very map that might stop them from hitting that oncoming wall of anarchy. That wall that they're rushing toward and they're going to hit head on. And that's not even hypothetical. The other news stories at this very time demonstrate that the nation is being pulled apart because people either don't even know of the map, they've never been taught what the map says, they don't know what the Constitution says and its big ideas, they don't understand the Bill of Rights and why it exists, they don't even know what the Declaration of Independence says, and they can't compare those seminal documents with other things, other things that have been written, other ideas, such as Marx and Engels and Nietzsche and Hitler and Pol Pot and Robespierre and Mao. They don't understand how to compare those ideas and why one set of ideas that I just described that lead us to the understanding of a big God rather than a big brother, like I said, that freedom comes from a covenant and bondage always from a hierarchy, like I've said, that the rule of the Constitution is better than the rule of the gang, like I just said. They don't understand this because they've never been taught any of this. This problem starts in our schools. And until we get control of our schools and start teaching these big ideas rather than critical race theory and social justice and LGBTQXYZ, BLM, alphabet soup of selfish self-focused, self-righteous wokeism, we will not correct this problem. We have to respect the map or we're going to drive over the cliff. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left and the consequence of abandoning truth is not pretty. I'm Dr. Everett Piper and this is The Rebellion.